The peace of our Lord be with you. I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Every three years, the lectionary places in the path of the church throughout the world those words from this morning's epistle lesson. But no matter how often they roll back around, each time may as well be the first time. Because no one can say with certainty what meaning we should make of Paul's powerful image. I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. <clears throat> Sometimes, a few times a year at least, I'll come over here to the sanctuary and sit somewhere on that second or third pew there where I can see straight up to the big cross on the wall. And staring at that cross, ask myself, God, the room, all of you whose faces I can see in those moments despite your not being here, what might it mean to be crucified with Christ and to have the crucified Christ living in us. I don't know. I sat with someone several weeks ago who was rightly saddened and angered about the injustice that is so large in our world in so many ways. And I thought to myself, that might be a part of what it means to be crucified with Christ, to feel the sadness and the anger at the face of injustice and to have the courage to say something about it or do something about it. That sounds like the cross to me. Sounds like a person being crucified with Christ and having the crucified Christ living in them. The tense of the verb, which is translated crucified in this verse, I am crucified with Christ, carries with it the meaning I have been and continue to be crucified 
with Christ. Not a something back there, but a something back there that is still happening inside of me. I, I, it rolls around every three years. And you can see it coming from three years away. But still, I, I don't know what meaning to make of it other than to say that a part of what I hear in those words is an image of what I call the cross-formed life. An image which takes the cross which once was a place for Jesus to die and makes it now a way for us to live. You and me and all of us crucified with Christ in the sense that we are in the process of becoming cross-formed, stretched up to God and out to others, not protecting ourselves from the world in fear, but opening ourselves to the world in love. A cross-shaped, cross-formed up to God, out to others, crucified with Christ life. The life for which we are formed in and by the church, which is the community of the cross. Called to embody the spirit of one who called his followers to deny themselves and take up a cross daily, looking not to our own interest, but to the interest of others. Now, if all that sounds difficult, that's because it is. What can a cross-formed life be but demanding and difficult? After all, we are following Jesus. And how can we expect to follow someone who is going to a cross without at some point getting ourselves into some real discomfort? But because we are the church, we don't have a safer, softer story. The church doesn't have a story that doesn't have a cross. We don't have multiple stories around which to build our lives. We have a story at the center of which stands across. The church does not have a story that does not have a cross. We are the community of the cross. 
call to live deeply into what it means to sit each week in a cross-shaped room and reach each day for a cross-formed life. We do not embody that cross-formed life flawlessly here at Northminster. I've not known of a church in my life which does embody the cross-formed life flawlessly or completely. So we are always careful not to lapse into a sort of self-congratulatory illusion that somehow we completely embody the cross-formed life. We don't. But we do have a long history of reaching for the cross-formed life in many very intentional ways one of which we will celebrate at our wider net luncheon after worship today. When we made a congregational decision to build our balcony, our columbarium and our education building 15 years ago, we made a congregational decision in that same moment to reach beyond our walls in friendship with the Mid-City and Georgetown communities. That congregational decision 15 years ago to transcend our walls while enlarging our walls was one of many cross-formed moments in the soon-to-be 50-year history of our church. A cross-formed moment which has been as transformative for our family of faith as it has been for the communities we have embraced. We don't always get all of this right, of course, like all churches, we sometimes fail to embody the cross-formed, crucified with Christ life to which we are called. But we do always at least long to be cross-formed. As Flannery O'Connor once said, if we are not always Christ-centered, we are at least always Christ-haunted. We do always long and yearn and ache to be cross-formed. We never stop yearning to let love flow out.
which finally is what matters most. What finally matters most is that we let love flow out. That we live a cross-formed life which is stretched up in love for God and stretched out in love for others. When that person in Matthew chapter 22 Ask Jesus what matters most. Jesus could have said anything he wanted to. He had the stage. The page was blank. Jesus could have named anything Jesus wanted to name that matters most. But what Jesus said was, you want to know what matters most? I'll tell you what matters most. That you love God with all that is in you. And that you love others as you love yourself. Loving God with all that is in us. Loving others as we love ourselves. The up love, out love, simultaneously vertical, horizontal, cross-formed life. That is what matters most. That is the life we learn to live in all of its simplicity and complexity by watching our sisters and brothers with whom we worship God, follow Jesus, and walk in the Spirit at the corner of Ridgewood and Eastover. All of these dear and good souls with whom we sit and sing, pray and think, laugh and weep, give and serve, and live and die in the cross-formed family of God. Amen.